could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning but I'll find a way to survive I'll find a way to get the job done yeah there's a little doubt but you know what once again I think of that guy in my ear I think about stepping up to the stage I think about the challenge like I've lost sometimes but I've won more than I've lost and so like I bet on me any day Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey guys, welcome to Conquering Columbus. Really happy to have you. On this episode, we have Zach Weprin and Stephen Harmon, two of the three founders of Fusion um, Fast Casual Sushi. This was an awesome episode. We had a really good time with Zach and Stephen. The unfortunate side of things is when we got into it, we realized we had some audio issues throughout. So about two or three places in the episode, you're going to hear us kind of cut, switch to a different topic. Um, just bear with us on those ones. And then at the end, we lost about 20 minutes of content, so we're going to end pretty abruptly. Everything in the middle was awesome, though. You guys get to hear a lot of really cool stories and insight on Fusion and how Zach and Steven and Josh became friends in their childhood. So with that being said, I'm going to kick it over to my co-host, Mike Minucci. Let him give you guys some background on Zach and Steven. Hey, Conquerors. Today we got Zach and Steven on the show, and together with Zach's brother, Josh, they're childhood friends that had always wanted to go into business together. And starting from an idea in May of 2010 for a fast, casual sushi restaurant, they've grown Fusion from one location in Ohio's Queen City, Cincinnati, to multiple locations throughout Ohio, including Dayton and Columbus. And we highly recommend, if you haven't been to one of their stores, you go ahead and check out uh, one of their four locations in Columbus. Welcome to the show. Thank Thanks, you, guys. How's you guys' day going? Thanks for having us. So far, so good. Awesome. You guys, uh, what's your typical day look like, to, like, now that you guys got things going? Yeah. Uh, what does the day look like? Um, I'm Zach, by the way, so you can hear my voice. Uh... Uh, we don't have a typical day, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's honestly different every single day. Um, just got back uh, the last five days from uh, some some traveling um, with Steve and Josh, and kind of like what we always do to kind of continue to explore and see what's out there. And um, is that personally related, or is that for the restaurant that you guys are exploring uh, out there? So it's all interrelated. I think everything <laughs> is very interconnected. Yeah, I mean we. Uh, and many, a lot of what we do is a combination of both, and you can find purposes for, for both. Uh, but as far as today, I mean, today was Monday. Just kind of catching up on through the inbox that some of the stuff that we missed this weekend. Um, worked on some real estate deals. Um, talked to the team. Uh, we're we're just, it's honestly different every single day. There's no. Uh, you have a uh, you yeah. I mean, consistent? you know, it's kind of how you wear your hat. You know, sometimes you wake up and you put it forward, and by the end of the day, it's like Zach's it's on backwards. <laughs> Uh, you know, somewhere between there's marketing and finance and development and menu innovation, coaching, leadership. Um, it, it all kind of plays in, and uh, I think I can kind of attest to Zach. Today was um, kind of in, inbox, uh, a lot of uh, connecting for the rest of the week and understanding kind of um, some things that need to get done to keep things moving. So. All right, that inbox is always full on Monday, but so... You guys' office is here in Columbus, and do you spend, you know, a couple days a week there, or are you in and out a lot of the time? I think it, 
you know, I think we follow where the action is. So mm-hmm. sometimes the action's in the stores. Sometimes we need a quiet setting to work with our teams. Um, a lot of times we're traveling. Um, tomorrow I'm going to Cincinnati, work with some architects and, um, and uh, our construction team to kind of mm-hmm. keep some of our projects on, on, on track and on pace. So We live in the field. You know, it's, it's, we're out there um, observing and watching people and, and kind of figuring out where we're at, where we're going. And um, our office is, is sort of a home base um, for us to kind of reconvene. But in general, people are in and out of that office all day long. It's kind of uh, before it used to be Mission Coffee. Um, <laughs> but we, it's still some, – some people might think uh, Mission Coffee is still our office. But, uh, but no, it's um, – We have you know, Mission we have Coffee a, in our office. Yeah, we do have Mission <laughs> Coffee in our office. But uh, – no, I mean, it's, yeah, people are coming and going from kind of the, the hangar squad, you know, every day. So we have about 12 people in that office today um, that are part of the kind of the restaurant support team that keeps everything up and running um, for what we have existing as well as preparing for what we have coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and you guys are at that stage where it's like, I mean, you probably constantly got to be on the go. It's not like you can just chill out and then close a door and let things run for you, I'm assuming at this point. I mean, even though... There's, what, 10 locations now? It's probably still, you guys are still in the heat of the battle. And Is that true or is that? Um, I don't think there's ever a time where um, you're not in, in the heat of battle. I mean, every single day is, a, is you got to wake up every single day. You got to open up nine restaurants today. You got to, you know, every, every there's a new customer walking through every single day in every single store um, all day long. So it's, there is, uh, the only time that the battle ever stops is, is the day we sell, <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> which is going to be a long time from now. Yeah. yeah, and I think, too, you know, autopilot's not a great place to be. I mean, the fun seems to be outside of autopilot, and, you know, thankfully we have an amazing team around us that, that helps support the nine restaurants, but whenever that autopilot might kick, kick, set in, or you might, you know, think that, you know, you got things right, either something happens, or that's a good wake-up call to reinvent yourself and try to figure out what the next thing to tackle is, or as you guys might call it, conquer. Right. Um, but, um, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, plug that in the intro for you. Yeah, know what? <laughs> you guys edit this however you want. The, uh, but, but, I mean, the fun is in the field. Yeah. Making, making people smile, making customers smile, making the team smile. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's kind of where the, the payoff is, and and in the restaurant business, I would assume, I mean, if you don't have, I mean, what you guys have, like your brand and everything, I don't mean this to like, I don't know how it's going to come out, but it's not like something that somebody couldn't copy, I guess, you know? So like, if you guys aren't innovating and constantly trying to grow as fast as you can, you're dying. And you would seem like you would think, you know, because if some big company decided to come in like Chipotle and say, Hey, let's branch out and do, you know, our version was sushi and let's just kind of copy what these guys did. It was a good idea. I mean, you know, they got tons of money. What are you going to do? So yeah, you guys ever think about that? We're kind of like. This question just kind of flows into what we're talking sure. about right now. We're skipping ahead a little sure. bit. Sure, you know, uh, Danny Meyer, he uh, he's a founder of Union Square Hospitality Group, founded Shake Shack. Um, he got a quote said, "You can copy our concepts, you can't copy our hospitality." And I think our culture is what drives us. I mean, no one can copy our culture. Uh, Easy Casual Sushi was the idea that we started on. We formed a mission, and vision, values over those three principles. And uh, we're creating a culture where people want to work and where people in a culture that customers want to support. And so we've seen a couple copycats come into the market, but it's not, it's not been a, you know, a worry for us because we get our, we're focused and we're focused on creating that culture. Yeah. I mean, I think early, early, early on the first couple of years and we're still like very early on, we were thinking about um, maybe competitors even more, but it's, 
now it's we we know what we want we know what we're doing um we know that we're the best at what we do and we know that our culture and our values are what defines us and what gives us our competitive advantage over anybody that's trying to copy us um at the end of the day the market always decides on who they want to support why they want to support them and you know you know you decide where you want to spend your money and you know our job is to to communicate you know, our values and our, and our integrity and our, and our story and, and why we do what we do to, to the public. And that's why we do things like this. And, um, so no, even guys like Chipotle that have a lot more money than we do, um, they don't scare us. If anything, they're, they're, they're great. You know, we, you can't eat at the same place twice a week and, um, oh, you could, but you know, it's, as long as it's we, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you're not gonna, you know, it's, it's, competition's a good thing. I mean, you guys are competitors. You guys are collegiate athletes. You guys understand um, what it's like to fight for being the best at what you do and trying to take down the other guys. And you're going to work harder to and exercise and get more fit than the guy next door. Hopefully you'll win. And um, So, no, we're not necessarily scared of the big guys with more money than us. That If anything, uh, um, that gives us more drive, more excitement to, to be them one day. And I think that um, – I think we're in the right direction and I think we're uh, – we're having a lot of fun doing it, and like Steve said, you can't you can't copy our our culture, or our hospitality, but you can try to copy you know build your own sushi restaurant. I'll be happy to teach you a few of the things that we've learned along the way, but you know recreating what we create inside our four walls is um, the easiest thing to copy. That's a great perspective, I think. You know, to take that look back and say, hey, competition is just going to make us better. You can't beat us. Hundred percent. I mean, and, uh, I think I think Zach actually had a really great point, kind of relating this to sports. I mean. I'm sure you guys were recruited all over the place, but why did you choose Ohio State? Uh, yeah, we were both walk-ons, but we can <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that part <laughs> out. Yeah. But you still chose Ohio State, yeah. and you know I think that you know it's that's the game we play. It's it's you know how do we be the best, and how do we create a place where people want to work and people want to to eat? Yeah, no, I think that's huge too. I think you know one thing that I've always noticed about you guys is restaurants since I started going to them is that your culture is very unique and it's like a fun thing to be a part of from the point you walk in the door till you get done eating your food and uh, it's something that we were going to jump into too just talk about how you guys have been able to form that but I think to kind of keep this in a little bit chron- chronological order thank god that went out um start from the beginning and where you guys grew up and talk about kind of how you guys put your relationship together and then we can kind of jump into how we actually got the first brick and mortar store going and, and how everything's rolling now Oh, we got to go way back, like 25 years back. Um, so Zach and I grew up on the same street, um, along with Zach's brother. Um, we used to be able to take a shortcut from my backyard through the mayor's house of our little town to his backyard. And, um, you know, it's Zach's dad is a great entrepreneur in, in Dayton who always inspired us to, um, he inspired us to get into business for ourselves, and he also inspired us not to get in the restaurant business, but... We did, and uh, it was, um, you know, it was through his mentorship that kind of helped put this whole project together, and um, through through the years, Zach and I had a landscaping company in high school, um, Josh had a pooper scooping business, and uh, <laughs> studied. That's actually a true story. Yeah, <laughs> he had like eight clients. Josh was, Josh was the captain of his football team throughout high school, Um he was a stud. He was, you know, he was he was a beast when he was a freshman. Um, he, you know, he started on. Uh, I think he was starting both ways on the football team by the time he was a freshman. Um, and you know, he he was the captain his whole his whole career. And he uh, 
I, 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 it always blew my mind that he had like eight clients that were, he would go over to their house and, and you know, pick up their shit <laughs> and they pay him. And it was, it was simply, I mean, he ended up making like 30, 40 bucks a week at each one and that added up and, you know, that allowed him to do whatever else he was doing in high school. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Steve was running around with us or with, with me probably at a younger age and he, he got to know my brother over as my brother was, um, you know, going through high school and he was always looking up to Josh and there was a funny story that he told us. Uh, Josh asked me to take my, my hat off my head and give it to him. And as Zach said, Josh it is a stud and, uh, he, uh, you know, he, he was a senior. I was a sophomore. I was like, you can have this hat. Just, I'd, be honored, I'd be honored for you to wear my hat. I think he was just happy you were, he was talking to you or something yeah, like I was, that. It was, it was kind of my acne nerd stage. High school's uh, a weird time. You yeah. know, we, uh, but we were running around causing trouble. And I think, I think it was like middle school when I started to become pretty good friends with Steve. And, um, you know, that friendship's always continued. And uh, through that friendship is what... You know, I, we had a, I was fortunate enough to have a houseboat growing up in North Lake in Tennessee and my dad owned his own business for 30 years. So he, I understood what it was like to kind of run your own business and the lifestyle. And we were fortunate where he would spend every, we spent a lot of time at, at the lake in the summer. Um, so I started bringing all my friends and Steve started to come and hang out and he got to know my dad really well. So, you know, there's a lot of honesty that was built within, within that relationship with my dad. And, um, that's, that's a lot of how, how Steve became part of this family. Um, when we opened up our first store, um, it's, it's kind of crazy how the whole thing ended up happening. But, uh, yeah, my, my dad was the only one that he put in. Uh, we opened up our first one for $140,000 in this, like, hole in the wall in downtown Cincinnati. Um, my dad was the one that put up the money, and um, he's actually the only person that ever has he – was our only, he was our angel investor, and he's the only person that's ever put money in since – um, so it was, you know, that relationship that was started, you know, when Steve was, I don't know, 10 years old is what that, how that honesty continued to grow. So we could all, you know, go in business together. And, um, and, you know, Steve was, Steve was always that creative, you know, creative one that was always causing trouble. Like one time, I think actually I asked him, um, and I, I take full responsibility for this one. Uh, but Steve got a Saturday school one time. God, <laughs> mom, mom, I'm sorry. He was running around town, and he had this—he had this like little rubber, you know, rubber, you know, penis thing that you buy, at, like the whatever this, you know, the, the fucking chachki like, store downtown or whatever. <laughs> and we were, we were in like middle school. Steve did it, and she that picked it. School. And it, like, yeah, it was, it was a, but yeah, we were, we were just causing trouble, and we were always. I remember one time we were. We were at our friend Dan's house, and we were talking about how just we always wanted to do something, and we never knew what we wanted to do, and we always talked about how we could, if we could just take Steve's creativity and, like, control it a little bit and put it in, like, this lane, and, and we could create something really unique and special, and it's, uh, that's, Zach, that's, Zach that's what we're doing. Zach. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it's, we're, we're, we're very different, and that's the thing when you, unfortunately, Josh isn't here right now, because he's actually uh, running a shift in Grandview right now, um, you know, staffing's always a tricky one, and Josh is really good at it. Um, so he's not here, but if you meet him too, or when you do, it's we're all very different, and I think that's um, what makes kind of the dynamic work very uniquely, and kind of the culture and 
it's um, a combination of a lot of our skills that ultimately is what makes fusion work. And, um, and it's a lot like those skills were the same back in the, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, Zach was the one who knew how to use his calculator better than anybody still does. He actually, he still, he's you knew how to use it. He's a fan. <laughs> he was <laughs> testing me. He's like, all right, this is it. Like, use it responsibly now. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. trust you with this. But, but you know, Zach's had a point. I mean, I kind of think of it kind of like this tripod that's holding up the microphone right here. You know, we each kind of support one another. And um, it's possible because we grew up together. And we were friends before any of this started. And, um, and we know each other better than anybody. And so, uh, you know, we joke that Josh just got married, I'm engaged, Zach's going to get married one of these days, and... Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, maybe you won't, it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, this business is, is a marriage, too, so we treat it, um, you know, we treat it with respect, and it's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, the way that it works. Mm -hmm. So what was your dad's business then, just out of curiosity? He was in the auto parts business. Okay. Um, so he was a grease monkey. Okay. Um... So he, yeah, he actually, ironically, he sort of started a, a chain of muffler shops called Muffler Brothers, and he would buy real estate, um, you know, kind of old shitty gas stations all throughout Ohio, convert them into Muffler Brothers, um, and then he also owned a parts warehouse in Dayton where all of us actually worked when we were young. I worked there way longer than, or way younger than I should have been, but that's besides the point. And, um, you know, we were stacking rotors and mufflers and exhaust. He was a big warehouse. And, um, so yeah, he started a, a chain of muffler shops. Ironically, um... The last location that we just opened um, in Clintonville um, was uh, a rehab, and, and it was an old gas station. So, you know, for when we were first getting started, my dad was always teasing us. He's like, these old gas stations would be perfect fits for fusion. And, um, you know, fast forward five years after we started, we just converted a old gas station into a fusion, um, which was super exciting. And um, we're, it's a perfect community and the perfect building. And... Um, we were excited to get that location open in January and starting to uh, meet all the people of Clintonville and Beachwald and good people. We're yeah. excited to be there. Awesome. So yeah. do you think that the entrepreneurial spirit comes from your dad? Is that where, because you all three, you're very different, you said, but you all three have that drive to own your own business and, and achieve something and keep moving forward. So do you think that comes from your dad? Do you think that comes from just the motivation of being competitive with each other? I think that it, that was definitely a big grounding, you know, place in our life is kind of watching him build his business and taking liberties that were, you know, very entrepreneurial. Um, my dad was in, had a marketing firm in Dayton. Um, he kind of encouraged me as well, um, kind of on the marketing side of things um, in kind of being able to use your brain to your advantage. Um, and so we all went to business school as well. And in business, I, or in business school, I went to the University of Dayton. I studied entrepreneurship, and through that program, had some opportunities to start micro companies there, um, or one micro company, which was a cornhole outdoor lawn game company, which was awesome. How did um, end up doing? Great, we killed it. It was uh, it was in two thousand and six, so it was kind of the prime when you know most people didn't have the game yet, or they didn't own it. They knew how to play it, but they didn't own it. So we were able to create. Um, custom cornel sets to fraternities and sororities and it was great but learned a lot and I think that through those kind of exercises of learning kind of really allowed us to or allowed me to um, you know make decisions and, and, and kind of go with your gut and it was uh, it was awesome yeah I almost think like subconsciously the more entrepreneurs we've talked to the idea of 
seeing other people, especially if they're people that you've looked up to, take a risk like that and not feel like they have to stick to some eight to five job where you know that you're security and things like that. And then also having family members that are going to support you seems to be a really big an easy step for people to jump into entrepreneurship, which seems like you guys had that backing and then you guys had each other too, which is awesome. So it kind of um, made a good transition. But talk about when you guys came up with the idea and then actually putting it into um, a concept and moving forward. Like so many people have great ideas and it just kind of dies in their head. And that's something that I've always been really curious about is, you know, the people who are able to take it from dying in their head and actually turn it into something. So, uh, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm that brought the whole project together. Josh was working real estate in Cincinnati, um, trying to find restaurants to go into new spaces. Uh, and through that, had, had met somebody who was interested in doing sushi. Zach was selling mortgages here in Columbus. And I was still living in Colorado, which is where we had moved after, after college. And um, we worked at a resort, learned hospitality, um, learned kind of, we, we worked at a really awesome resort, kind of encouraged us to be ourselves and, and make people smile. Um, we were bellmen at a hotel at the base of Aspen Mountain. So we were living in like the most beautiful place in the world, serving rich people, skiing, you know, four to five days a week during the winter, mountain biking in the summer, living very active um, lifestyles and traveling in the off season and just uh, exploring, meeting people from all over the world that were doing cool things and that were not staying mobile or, or you know staying on the move and, and exploring and checking out new things and um, yeah, I mean that was kind of where a lot of our culture kind of stems from. And then as far as how we got it off the ground, I mean uh, we ended up getting this lease in downtown Cincinnati that was pretty much free. I mean they were begging for anybody to come in and. Um, you know, our concept was evolving and changing from the moment we started talking about it, and it still is today. Um, we got it open for as cheaply as possible um, with, you know, no design element to it, to be honest with you. I mean, you walk, you used to walk in those doors, and it was the old nature center right there on 4th Street on the, in the Tower Place Mall, and people would walk in, and they'd stand in the middle of the restaurant, and they'd stare, and they'd look around, and they'd be like, where am I? And we would, like, chase them down and be like, come eat here, and we'll, like, walk through this process. And it was um, the first – we almost went out of business our first couple weeks. Um, that was a crazy uh, a crazy time. Um, we didn't – we couldn't figure out how to make the rice. <laughs> we pretty much opened our doors with not with, – with a lot of problems. I mean, we were – we didn't know anything. We had zero. We never worked in a restaurant before. Um, so we had this guy, this Filipino guy that helped us kind of create our menu at the very beginning, but he didn't want to work. Um, so we, we taught, we taught That's us some a big part of it. <laughs> like, hey, look, dude, you got yeah. to do yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was great. He, uh, he taught us the basics. He helped us kind of put our menu together at the very beginning. And then um, within a couple weeks, we found Nick. Uh, thank God. Uh, Nick is, uh, Nick was the younger brother of, Steve's roommate throughout all of college, who had he was 22 years old, just graduated from culinary school, and we didn't know he, we didn't even know he, I didn't even know he had a brother, um, and we were looking for a chef, and um, Nick came down one day on like a Saturday, maybe our second Saturday or something. He drove eight hours from Traverse City. Yeah, from North, from northern Michigan, and um, and we never we never let him go. <laughs> he never left um, from that first Saturday. I mean, that Saturday he walked in was uh, a, a pretty interesting day because I mean, it was perfect because I mean he was the missing link you know he we were we were busy we were we had business minds entrepreneurial minds he was the sound kitchen guy with knife skills and he walked in and the freezer was 
standing wide open from the night before. And he's like, well, you got to throw it away. So we'd swallow that pill, threw all of our food away. And, and I was fresh. like, this, this, this 4.4 pound bag of Masago is, you know, 55 bucks. Like we, I was like freaking, freaking out. I had no, like I was, we still, we, I, at this time, I mean, we barely knew, we, we knew nothing. I mean, we didn't know about margins. We didn't know about sanitizer buckets. We didn't know about temperature control. We didn't know about like. We were we were spending a lot of time at every restaurant we could at these you know you know walking in Chipotle sitting at the bar at Skyline where we ate a lot of Skyline during these times and we were just at, we were sitting there just talking to the managers and asking them question after question and be like what's that over there we were saving soy sauce. <laughs> we people would like leave and leave their soy sauce packets on the table and we would save them I mean we still we still do that but, but you know it's like every penny uh, matters and and. You know, not not knowing everything or anything really, uh, we kind of did everything about the book. Uh, you know, we 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 use the lessons from business school. We use the lessons from our mentors. Uh, another guy that that has been influential is um, a, a friend of ours named Mike, who we met in a mountain bike race in Colorado, um, who's been just you know a really great sounding board for for the entire concept, culturally, operationally. Um, so we've really allowed kind of that that ignorance, if you will, of the restaurant business to be a benefit, a really awesome benefit, and taking feedback from anyone that's willing to give it to us. And um, we've been able to mold the concept around that feedback um, and kind of isolating which feedback, uh, you know, we want to listen to and which feedback is just that feedback um, and, and putting it in practice. So every innovation that you've seen us do since day one, whether it's on a design level or a food level or a finance level, um, a development level, has been by surrounding ourselves with people who know more than we do. Um, and then started, you know, I think to bring that full circle, that started with Nick, because uh, he worked in the restaurant business and we hadn't. Right. So you realize you need Nick and you're like, hey, man, this guy's really smart. He went to culinary school. We really need a chef. And at the end of the day, he's getting ready to pack up and leave you guys to say, hey, you finished cleaning up. We're going to go ahead and lock these doors. You throw a chain on the door. Like, Oh, you're trapped there now. I can't leave. It How'd was, you get him to stay? No, what we did is we, we locked the doors. We blasted um, a lot of Kid Cudi at the time. Um, <laughs> M83. We, uh, M83. We were also listening. To, that was when Walk the Moon was in Cincinnati in 2010. And so, that summer, they started to, like, blow up. And his, um, you know, Nick's brother, Ben, was friends with those guys. So we got to know them. And they were, like, starting. It was just, we were just, we were partying a lot at that time. We were, we were working long hours. Um, we would... Spend all day, every day together. Nick, we had, we bought Nick an air mattress, and he, you know, we said you get free rent, and we'll sign your internship papers if you just stay yeah. Here. He moved into our apartment. Um, you know, it was it was a crazy time. I mean, it was uh, it was a good thing we were young when we were doing it because um, I mean we weren't paying ourselves anything at the time. Josh was not even working because we couldn't afford to pay him, so he didn't end up start working inside the restaurant until you know three or four months later. Um, once we're like, all right this is going to work. And then we started to like, Oh, we also opened this concept by a different name. We, yeah, we, we started, it was called Soho Sushi because we had this beautiful idea and we wrote a business plan. and We had all this, you know, we had the design set up or lack thereof set up. And like the last thing that we just didn't fall in love with was the name, but the name was Soho Sushi. And we said, you know what? The name doesn't matter. Let's just open and see what happens. And, um, what was it probably six months later we changed the name? 
maybe even longer, eight months later, we changed the name to Fusion, and it was kind of one of those Eureka moments where we were like, okay, everything's in its right place. Um, and that's when we opened our second store. And, um, you know, Fusion just it couldn't, I mean, it couldn't have It took longer than eight months. It took us a year and a half to open up our second store. We opened the second one in October of 2011. The first one was May of 2010. Yeah, time, <laughs> being in this business, time is just the crazy, just a crazy skewed thing. Like, some days, you know, Zach and I will be driving in the car, or we will be in L.A. like we were last week, you know, with Josh, and we'll be like, can you believe this was six years ago that this whole thing started? And, like, sometimes it seems like last week, and sometimes it seems like 30 years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah. Nonetheless, um, when, kind of when we changed the name was when everything changed. So talk about that branding process a little bit. You guys changed your name. How did that come about? Did you guys bring anybody else in or did you do it internally? Or Yeah. Within, the, within probably the second or third month of being open for operation, um, we started to see repeat customers walking through our line, um, which was the dream from the beginning, is if we can get these people to understand um, what we're trying to do, and they come to eat at Fusion, at the time Soho, multiple times a week, like, we're bringing a lot of value here. And that was when the light bulbs, you know, within two to three months, the light bulbs continued to, we're like, holy shit, this is going to work. And at this time, people were coming in and they're like, this is going to work in Miami, this is going to work in New York, and we're in the CBD of Cincinnati, so people are there for business. And everybody was like, bring this to my city. And we were, we already saw it kind of, we saw the picture, but when people were telling us the same thing, we're like, you know, we started thinking and making decisions as if we were, you know, a hundred unit concept and, and making, trying to make these big decisions and just thinking about the brand and thinking about the culture and thinking about the systems that need to be developed and, um, kind of how it all plays in together. And it's been, um, you know, incrementally, I would say every single day since then we've been, improving that and trying to make it look like, you know, this is this big, or not big, but just a very, you know, well curated experience, um, that, you know, the big guys are creating that have a lot more money than we do. Um, and that's, and it's been like that, you know, that constant improvement, you know, has been happening every single day. Um, and you know, this year we're working on something a little different than we did in year one, but, um, it's still that same thought process of, of thinking, you know, locally, but, or, you know, thinking globally, but acting kind of locally in terms of, you know, what's the next best thing that we need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When we, when we opened our second store, it was then our flagship. Um, we brought on a company to kind of help us take what was in our brains and extract it. From a design standpoint. From a design, design brand standpoint. Um, uh, you know, I think that we've all always had a clear vision in our heads of what this is what this could be, what this should be, what it ought to be. But kind of like taking that rope and pulling it out of our brain uh, was a great exercise in kind of putting this on paper. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, from a branding standpoint, you know, we kind of just kept it simple. I mean, in a previous life in college, I worked for Apple, and brand was everything. You know, everything goes back to the brand from a design standpoint, from a user interface standpoint. From even just a sales message standpoint, it all goes back to the brand. And so, you know, for us, if there was a lesson there, it was just to keep things simple. And I think you'll see that when you come into a restaurant. I mean, nothing's over-designed. It's really clean, really pure. Let the food stand by itself. It's the star of the show. And, um, you know, we've taken that, you know, through every point of our marketing message, whether it's our social media channels to just easy, casual sushi, um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're committed to keeping it simple and letting the food, you know, speak for itself. And, um, so far it seems to be working. So where the name Soho come from? Is that anything in particular? Uh, honestly, uh, Josh came up with it, uh, because Soho is a cool neighborhood in New York at the time. And he's like, Oh, this sounds like a good idea. Um, I think it was as simple as that. Um, <laughs> it was like a, so Soho, New York's kind of a, you know, very urban storefront centric neighborhood. Um, we were in a fourth street location in Cincinnati, which, uh, is much different today than it was even six years ago. But, um, the idea was that there were all these storefronts in the front, uh, of the street facing the street and that we could kind of be a part of that catalyst to help transform the street. And so we kind of had this cool storefront that was, had a really cool interior, had a two story waterfall that was a super maintenance headache, but we got it working, which is kind of cool. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, it was kind of a play off that. And, you know, Cincinnati kind of has the... I think he's making it sound a lot better than it really was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm imagining, like, that play It was not that office. cool. It wasn't that <laughs> it was, cool. We weren't that instrumental on the street. Like, I mean, I, it yeah. was... I think it was, but, but, it, but it spoke to the vision. And, um, and We have that original sign hanging in the, uh, the hangar now in the office to kind of always pay homage to kind of, obviously, that name. But early on, when we started thinking about, you know, big... And, you know, working on intellectual property and naming and all that stuff was also nationally registered by another company mm. in Iowa. So oh, yeah. if we really wanted to operate in every state, in every state that we wanted, um, it, that wasn't the name to grow with, and it wasn't a good name anyways. And we had this vision of the name. No, knock the Iowa company. When there wasn't this. <laughs> Sorry, nothing about Iowa. We wanted to be one word. Right. Yeah, I mean, we had this. We we wanted a word that we knew would be a good name and. We went through a crazy renaming process. It took us a long time, but when we when we first heard the word fusion, we're like done. And it was it was that quick. It was we it, and it, we never looked back. It, um, it's worth noting that it's fusion with an A. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's F U S I A N. So there's a little bit of um, you know just identification through the way that it's spelled. Um, the name keeps us agile too. It's not like it's set for one thing. You know we can. We can constantly innovate and work on new things to continue to, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fusion Asian concept. I mean, it's a, you know, our, our mission is, is Japanese inspiration. Um, and it's, uh, we love it. We're thankful for the name. It's, yeah, it's a great name. Yeah. I'm glad you explained the spelling because I'm not sure Josh would have, would have known the difference between fusion and fusion. I didn't even know there was an A or an O in it. I had really? no idea. I thought it was F-U-S-H-O-O. -O. We'll, we'll correct you if, uh, if you yeah. misspell it. It's okay. It's, it's fusion. It should stand alone by itself uh, when it's spelled the correct way. Mm -hmm. So you guys touched a little bit on your um, commitment to food quality and your commitment to showing the food, which is, you know, the star of the show. And uh, so do you guys um, have any trouble finding uh, fresh and high quality ingredients for your, your restaurants? Even talk about that process, because I'm interested. We both spent a little bit of time at a produce company and, and saw a little bit of how food travels. And I don't think I ever had an idea of all the hands that it goes through and how hard it is to source products and things like that until I spent that experience. So we talk about like when you guys were first sourcing your product, if you guys switched, you got it from when you threw that $50 bag away of whatever that fish was that you're talking about. Hmm. Yeah, um, it wasn't easy. I mean, we didn't know how to source our product when we first started either. I mean, when we, um, there's a, we, we use nine different suppliers now at this point. We're using three major Japanese suppliers, 
we buy specific products from each of them. We have a produce supplier. Um, we have a protein supplier. Um, right now, we're one of our um, we're, we're supplying all our fish through one of our Japanese suppliers. Um, we didn't know about it, most of those when we first started. Um, Google is pretty helpful. Um, we learned a lot through there. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of it. The, the Google. Um, but um, and then we started asking a lot of questions to our suppliers and um, to the people that we did know and other restaurant people and. Um, we ended up finding the three Japanese suppliers that we kind of pick and choose what we want to use from each one of them in order to kind of to create exactly what we're looking for. Um, so we actually manage many suppliers. Um, as long as, as far as kind of the trust, you know, you got to, the, the suppliers that we use are, are pretty large companies and they're bringing in, you know, they have multiple distribution centers across the country and they're all, you know, they're importing their, their you know, the, the tuna, you know, it's they're going through FDA regulations, and there's a lot of, you know, they're these guys are, are trusted suppliers. So um, there's a lot of trust within that relationship, and um, continually to, you know, understand exactly where it's coming from, and, and going all the way to the source is, is really important for us. Um, we, took yeah, a, I mean, we took a trip to Japan last February, which was uh, really eye-opening. Um, went to Skiji Fish Markets, largest fish market in the world. Um, and we got a tour from our Japanese supplier, and it really kind of helped shed light on from sea to sushi. You know, it was it was uh, it was awesome. And um, as Zach said, you know, it, events like that also help establish trust and understanding. You know, where exactly um, does it come from? So for tuna, for example, you know, is a long long line um, caught caught fish. It's sustainable, and the fact that it's not we don't use nets to catch it. Um, so kind of, it's, it's very old fashioned in that sense. One hook, one line, bring one fish up at a time. Something that we learned by, by going to the source. Mm -hmm. So, and you might've said it during that process and I might've missed it, but your first, so when you guys opened that first store in those first like two weeks, did you just Google who's got some fish online? <laughs> and I, mean, I can't imagine the numbers that you would call on the people like, hey, dude, I got fish. <laughs> like, I got right, you. It's from the Ohio River. It's yeah. there. Don't worry. I'm like, dude, are you in a living room right now? Like, <laughs> I'm not buying your fish. We're uh, Raul helped us um, with the, a couple relationships at the beginning. Like he had a relationship with Cisco, so you know they're a dist distributor. So they were bringing in some products for us. I think at that early stages, we were buying tuna from them, um, and they actually can bring in good tuna. It's you know they're, you know it's no different than you know any other supplier. It's just a matter of just understanding you know making sure that communication with the supplier is is very open and honest, so they are telling you exactly where it's coming from and what it is. Um, so no, not at the beginning, but we, you know, we 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 met new ones along the way. Like yeah. I remember when we found Nishimoto. Yeah. It was like the last one I think we found, and it's a different name now actually. But um, you know, that was a big. You know, it was we didn't always find the exact products that we want from each of them. So it's uh, it was it was really exciting when we found more, and cool. they were like big, and we were like, and, and it gave us access to a lot more. Uh, products to kind of ultimately pick our menu mix from, you'll, you'll, um, which you'll, was huge. Sorry, you'll you'll never find a better networker than Zach. Zach can work a relationship better than anybody I've ever seen, and you know, kind of goes back to surrounding ourselves with around people that are that are you know um, smarter than we are. You know, one phone call leads to five phone calls, and that leads to the best tuna supplier in the world. Um, and you know, through through you know, Zach's networking ability. This world keeps getting a lot smaller for us, and um, and you know, the the sort the going back to the the question. You know, the, the the product needs to stand by itself, and 
and um, finding those relationships that are key to kind of our process uh, more or less turns them into a partner themselves. So, um, you know, so we treat our suppliers as partners. I mean, they're responsible to, to provide us with what we're serving to you. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the other half of your brand would be, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but would be your customer experience. So if your food, which stands on its own, but then your customer experience, when you enter the Fusion store, you feel like, man, this is a place that I want to be in. The food is going to be great. I can already tell as soon as I step in the store. So can you uh, describe how you kind of came to what you wanted your customer experience to be like? And um, just kind of give us a rundown of the changes you made along the way. I think that I, that's everything. Experience is everything. And this is the only, only industry that I've found that you can really touch on every every sense. So what you hear, the music that you're listening to is just as important as what you're eating, what you see, and the you know cleanliness of the restaurant and the design of the restaurant is just as important to the experience. What you touch, what you taste, um, it's 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 all there. And so you know that we kind of look at this as a sensory experience. So we want to capitalize on all five. Eating is a very emotional. You know what you put in your body is it, it it's you kind of what you put in your body is what you ultimately become. So that's why they say, like, if you eat healthy, you'll get healthier. You exercise, you'll get, you'll get healthier. Um, Mike cries every time he eats. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to watch. I'm it's like, tough. I just, you know, I'm, I'm so sad when I'm eating. It's because I just know I'm never going to be able to put off the weight. <laughs> After yeah. wrestling, I just got really fat. You, you, what do you weigh, like 130 pounds? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not any muscle. Not quite 130. <laughs> oh, yeah, I cry when I eat, too. It tastes so good. Right. You don't want it to end. Uh, that experience though is it's 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 probably the part that gives me the most anxiety you know i my i just want you to leave happy if you leave happy then i'm happy if you don't then i'm miserable and i'm trying to figure out how to fix that and you know the the dream and the goal is to you know for every one experience just one experience at a time to be happy and if you are happy with how you feel and if you feel cool when you walk in i mean i think you see what we're trying to create in there i mean it's there's like like Steve was saying. There's intention behind every single little detail, and if you see, if you go from store one through store nine that are open, I think you could actually see the evolution of the detail that was created because we never built a restaurant before our first one, and then you know when we built our second one, we'd only built one before that, and then when we built the third one, which is at Ohio State, we'd only built two before that, and it you know over time as we've built more and we've learned more, you know it's. No different than being, you know, a senior on the wrestling team versus being a freshman. You know, you have more experience, you have more confidence, you know what you're doing. Um, you're willing to take more risk. You're willing to stand up for what you believe in. And, you know, it's, um, and I think as we've grown and matured and understood more about what we, you know, taking what we learned before and, and apply that to what was next. And um, that's kind of how we keep moving forward. Yeah, and I think what's cool about, as I've gotten to listen to you guys talk, listen to interviews and stuff, and obviously this is the first time I've ever met in person, but... I feel like I had been to Fusion before that, and then I got to know a little bit about you guys and, and know of you through those different experiences, and I just felt like you guys really stayed true to who you were. Like, when I listened to you guys talk and things like that, I was like, it makes so much sense that the brand is the way it is, because I feel like you guys just really took who you are, represented it to the fullest, didn't try to fake anything, and we're just like, hey, we're kind of, you know, like, started this by winging the business yet, so we've been, um, you know, we're very, we're very careful on how we spend our cash. Um, and that makes it tricky. It makes it very hard, especially in the restaurant industry, because it's very capital intensive. Um, so it's, you know, each step is, 
is, is, is challenging in and itself. And we just try to think about every possible thing that we can to see what we're to try not to miss anything. And then we always miss something. And then we just try not to make that mistake again. Um, and you know, now it's, we, it's all about supporting our, our team. The team is, is really the, is who's building it. You know, we have, you know, a lot of people on our team right now from like, from our, you know, our infrastructure that we're building that is helping us push it forward. But we have to keep building that infrastructure in order um, to make it work continuously as we're, as we're growing in revenues. What does that feedback look like internally and externally? So obviously internally is probably a little easier to deal with. I mean, you go up, you ask your guys, you know, what do you like about working here? What do you think we should change, etc. But externally, people want to get in and get out and get their food. Are you guys getting feedback from those people as they're coming through? Um... Are you are you referring to like a new opening? Or have you guys I mean, been able to get any feedback in that respect? I, I love Yelp. I love so I love Twitter, and I think they're great mechanisms for people to give feedback. And you know, great feedback's great helps reinforce you know things that we're doing, and bad feedback's great because it helps us kind of fill the holes that we might be missing. And um, you know, I think that I think that we've been able to take a lot of feedback through just talking to our customers and listening to our customers um, and, and taking that guest response and putting it into action. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean. We, the more feedback that we can get, the better decisions that we can make. And like Steve said, I mean, the negative stuff is what helps us make better decisions than the positive stuff. I mean, we know that we're seeing positive responses, but, you know, we our, our dreams are big. You know, we want to open fusions all across the country and we want – growing this company and we know that it's going to be a great member of many communities everywhere but we also need to build this star and that's what like we're constantly challenging our guests to tell us what they're thinking nothing um that allows us that that helps us get better it challenges us to fix customer service issues or if we have a you know a bad team in one store and we got to go in there and kind of rework it a little bit and change like you know there's it's hey guys uh, that's where our audio cuts out Unfortunately, as we mentioned earlier, we missed the last 20 minutes of our interview with Zach and Steven, and I'm going to kick it over to Josh for some final thoughts on the episode. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And unfortunately, we were not taking notes during the episode, so we have no idea what those last 20 minutes were about. But if you guys had any questions that went unanswered during that interview, just shoot it to us or shoot it to Zach and Steven. I'm on social media, email, write it on our page, um, leave it in an iTunes comment in a very nice way. And hopefully we can get them on again in the show in the future, ask them those questions and cover anything that you guys uh, have left unanswered. Also, as a side note, this is because our audio equipment sucks. So if you want to support us, go to our donate page and make sure that we don't cut out on any other future episodes because I don't like recording these new outros. And uh, if you guys like us, rate us on iTunes, share us with your friends on social media. And uh, that's Conquering Columbus. We'll talk to you guys later. If you could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning but I'll find a way to survive I'll find a way to get the job done yeah there's a little doubt but you know what once again I think of that guy in my ear I think about stepping up to the stage I think about the challenge like I've lost sometimes but I've won more than I've lost and so like I bet on me any day choosing greatness greatness doesn't choose you you know you have to choose it and yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This 
is Conquering Columbus.